You're listening to the podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Jose Rodriguez. So today, I'm coming out of the gym. I've got very little time. I've got to go pick up my son. And my car decided not to start. Siempre. Right? It always happens. I mean, well, you know, it, it can never be convenient, right? Like, the car is never going to be like, mira, heads up, by the way, when you come out of the gym, no way empezar. Right. You know, make alternative plans. So I'm ready to go, and I'm like, oh, right? But I'm not handy in the sense that, like, um, I can figure out stuff, right? Like, I don't know anything about cars. I don't know nothing, right? Pero I still got out of the car. I popped the hood, you know, because I wanted to go through the motions. I don't know. So here I am looking at the engine, Right. And I'm almost like trying to talk to it. Like, can you tell me what's wrong? You, you just wanted to look like you knew what you were doing. Yeah. Maybe the car was going to look at me trying and be like, you know what? Let's start. <laughs> Bendito. Bendito. Look at the way he's looking down at us. Let's just. Vamos a prender. Because I'm just like, uh, I'm trying to like, I'm tapping stuff and touching it. I don't know. Saying like, hey, I'm right here. Falta el cariño. Falta el cariño. You need me to touch you? Or were you hoping for somebody to see you going up open and be like, oh, you need help? That's it. That's exactly <laughs> it. I was I was hoping somebody would be like, hey, you're right over there? And I would be like, uh, you know what? No. So can I borrow your car? Because that's essentially what I would have wanted. Can we switch cars for like for a couple of hours? So I called you. Yes. Right. And um, and what you did was what? I uh, checked the contacts of your battery, unscrewed them, cleaned them. And told you, let's do this first, just in case. Put the contacts back on. And I said, start it. And you cranked it up and it started right up. I love that. Whatever you just said, I have no idea. I missed it because I was on Facebook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I saw you, like, putting your hands in there. And I'm like, you're going to get electrocuted. morir. <laughs> like, that, that's the way I was taught. So like, that's why you were so far away? Yeah. I was like, you know, I was on Facebook, right, ready to post, you know, Jose just got electrocuted. I have to go. I have to call the ambulance. <laughs> Because I saw you with tools and, and taking stuff off. I'm like, este va a romper el carro o se va a matar. You wow. Know? No trust in me. No, because I, I just, I don't know anything about cars. So you started it up. So I was like, okay, I'm good. And you said, no, that battery's probably old. Let's go get it checked out. You know, you helped me out. I didn't have to spend any money. Now I have to go to the store. And of course, they're going to say, ah, oh, you need a new battery. The guy checks it, shows me the, the report. And of course, it says bad battery. So I just feel like I'm getting conned. You know what I mean? Like, I needed you there so that I can feel like, okay, this is normal. The battery's four years old. Yep. And it's time to get a new one. Exactly. Not only that, even if they said that the battery was good, it probably would have left you somewhere else. Right. So I'm like, how much? Now, I had talked to my ex-wife, Sandra, and she's like, you know, the batteries nowadays, they're not that expensive. Right. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, so I'm thinking, you know, $30, $40. I was married to the woman for a long time. So I, I know when she says not that expensive, it usually means $30, $40. The guy goes $110. I love that you called me over and you like whispered to me. You're like, $110? And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because I'm thinking in my head, Sandra told me that it was not that expensive. $110 to me is expensive. Yeah. Right? By the way, I call Sandra later and I'm like, Nana, you said it wasn't that expensive. This thing was $110. She goes, yeah, that's not that expensive. <laughs> I go, well, apparently somebody's doing really good since they got a divorce. Okay. Tell him about when the guy tried to install it. bro. <laughs> so then the guy goes to put the battery and it comes with the with a plaque on top, like a little plastic part that you got to take off. Well, the guy didn't know. I knew it. I just waited a minute. The guy didn't know that that part goes underneath the battery so that your battery sits up higher. 
for when they put the bracket on. He sits the battery on without this and then tries to put that part back on like he was ready to cut plastic. By the way, I'm on Facebook, right? I have no idea what's going on. I'm only looking at you. Right. If you're looking normal, then I'm back on Facebook. But I looked at you and you had this face of like, like almost like if I was basically doing it. Right. Like, like what, what are, you, are you doing? Right. It's like when you're on a plane and there's turbulence. I never look at the other passengers. I look at the, the flight attendants. Yep. If they look uh, scared, then I will get scared. Right. When I looked at you and you look worried, I got worried. <laughs> so that's when I stepped up like, excuse me, what are you doing? And that's when you said what? Yeah, I go, that goes on the bottom of the battery. And he said, oh, you're smart. He goes, I learned something new today. Hold on, Pat. You work at an auto parts store. He kind of looked like the the manager, though. That's why internally I was laughing. I didn't want to laugh out loud at him, but it was like, this is your job and you don't know where that part goes? I'm still thinking I'm spending $110 (laughs) and and my friend just taught you how to install my battery? Do I get a discount? Right. At least take off $10, right? I mean, you're not embarrassed, though, when you're like, you know, right in front of us, like, oh, I I have no idea what I'm doing. Thank you for telling me. He was ready to cut some of that stuff off. Like He he pulled out his blade. That's when I stopped him. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. We were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. My friend here, my friend here will will tell you how to to do your job. Just put that part underneath the battery. $110. That was crazy. And if you hadn't been there, he would have given me a $110 battery with a... With a cut-off piece of plastic. and You'd have two cut-off corners the next time I saw you. Let's go through some comments. Leslie said, you should have let Jose install it and just give him 50 bucks. No, then the battery would have cost me $160. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) If they had discounted me that money, then yeah, but I'm already at $110. Gracias a Dios que me lleva Jose. Otherwise, I would have been like, uh, why are you taking out your switchblade and cutting up some of the battery? Yo entiendo. Mira, Janet Figueroa, who's watching, Tito's wife, she goes, si fuera Tito, te queda a pie. Meaning, <laughs> if I had called Tito to bail me out from my car situation, Tito would have probably just said, you know what, pa? Uh, walk over to my house, get the jumper cables, then walk back, and then call Jose. Because, by the way, I was with Tito earlier. Should we tell him? Yeah. I was shooting a video with Tito Nieves for my upcoming show Off-Broadway in March. And let me tell you something. Working with Tito Nieves is a whole nother experience. Because part of it included me singing his song to him. Now, I've memorized hours and hours of scripts. I have, you know, eight shows. I have no problem memorizing. But something would happen when I would go to sing Tito's lyrics to Tito. Like, I would just, like, blank out. And I just, I couldn't get the words out. It's never happened to me. Uh, well, I mean, because he's right there. You That's know what I mean? Problem. I know it's a joke and I know it's a sketch, but I'm still singing a Tito song to Tito. You know what I mean? And it's like, mm, my brain was like, stop, stop. <laughs> Jan- Janet said a 30 second video took an hour to film. Yes. <laughs> Janet was there. So his wife was the uh... one almost like basically directing and helping us record. We couldn't get it right. So when it came to me, I would get so mad because I'd be like, oh, my God, Ellie, know your lines, bro. I'm at his house. I'm taking up his time. So, like, the pressure was getting to me. And I'm like, oh, I got to do it. I got to sing his song. And my brain was like, no, you're not because you can't sing. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) Stop humiliating yourself. And I'm like, oh, my God, please. I want to do it. But he was awesome, man. He's uh, he was great promoting my show and uh, he'll be there, which is a big, big honor. And you'll see that video uh, very, very soon. Starring Tito Nieves. 
Maggie Figueroa says, I need words of wisdom from Jose. Okay, so Jose in El Podcast is known for his um, inspirational quotes, uh, which are dubiously inspirational. I don't, I don't really know who he inspires, but apparently he's got a following uh, that depend on his, um, has, on his inspirational quote. So uh, let's hear it. What's your uh, inspirational quote for today? Give me my intro. And now, an inspirational message from Jose A. Rodriguez. Are you not able to get out of bed? Are you having trouble starting your day? Check your battery. Oh, man. You like that? Because that your battery wasn't good today? You're not even being inspirational. You're just being corny, right? That's not you're, You weren't even trying to reach anybody with that. You're just trying to make them laugh. No, that's inspirational. Check your batteries. You know, recharge your batteries. How? Whatever you use to recharge. You know, it might be going to the beach. It might be working out. That's what I'm saying. An inspirational message is not supposed to engage us in a debate and a discussion about what the inspiration was. You understand? Your inspirational messages get us arguing. That's not inspiration. That's just causing trouble. It gets you talking. You're inspiring trouble. You're not inspiring <laughs> communication. You're inspiring trouble. Give me another amazing inspirational speech. Here we go. Take two. And now, an inspirational message from Jose A. Rodriguez. Are you feeling down? Do you need help? Have you fallen down? Stop. Stop. I don't understand how when you get inspirational, you start whispering. Is a whispering supposed to be channeling some kind of um, motivational, inspirational uh, piece of you? Yeah, it's kind of like when you listen to one of those uh, uh, soothing sound tapes. You know, you want oh. it to soothe you. Oh. This is your soothing voice? Yes. Okay. Okay. This is... Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were trying to go for the soothing uh, effect. Okay. Let's... Sorry about that. Okay. And now, an inspirational message from a very soothing Jose A. Rodriguez. Did you fall down? Oh, my God. Get back up. That's it? That's quick. Yeah. Okay. That's, That's inspiring. Ahora, ahora lo está regañando. <laughs> <laughs> Mira, eh, te caíste. Pues, pues párate. Párate. Bobolón. Párate. That, that's how I was inspired growing up. Yeah. That's how my father inspired me. And it worked, by the way. Cocotazo inspiration. That, hey, it worked. All he had to do was just kind of raise the knuckle a little bit. And I was feeling inspired. All of a sudden, I wanted to read extra. I wanted to study extra. Of course. What else you got? Uh, Nasiri says, can't wait to see you in New York. Promise we won't be late. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Hey, everybody. This is Tito Nieves. You're listening to a podcast, The Eddie Castro Show. I'm a huge fan. All right, so what do you got? I got a pet peeve. Okay. I really do not like sore losers. I'm a sore loser. Really? Yeah. It's good that I like you because well, otherwise I wouldn't like you. I don't like losing, so losing makes me sore. Yeah, but do you talk trash to the person that beat you after you lose? All right, what are you talking about? So I was playing poker and uh, the guy that got beat started talking trash to the guy that beat him in the hand. Like, how could you play that hand? Why would you even be in the hand? He, like, was, he was mad he lost. Yeah. Okay. It's just, What's you the know, problem? take your licks and you lost. So according to you, he should have done what? Nothing. Just been like, hey, good hand. You got me. Okay. Is that what you do? I don't say anything. Okay. But that's, that's another type of sore loser. How am I being a sore loser? You have to say something to be a sore loser. Oh, okay. So you're saying because you don't say it, but you think it, that doesn't make you a sore loser? No, I'm not a sore loser. I don't ever think oh I, I don't like this person or this person did something bad how could he have done that on the contrary I'd be like oh 
he beat me. And the reason I know I'm not a sore loser is because I don't let anybody win. So if you beat me, you beat me fair and square. But that sounds like the exact definition of a sore loser. If somebody doesn't like to lose, somebody doesn't let anybody else win, and they finally lose, they're going to be sore about it. Because you don't give that other person credit, do you? You don't go, hey, good game, right? Yeah, I say good game oh, at the oh, end of the game, even if I lost. Hey, good game. So you give them credit? Yes. You did great on that. That was really well played. I'll say good game. I don't know about saying you did great. Why not? Because I'm, I don't want to hype them up too much. Why not? Because I want to come back and beat him. Because you're a sore loser. That's <laughs> no. why. No. When you win, you make sure that other person knows that you won. Oh, yeah. That's why you can never play me. Because if I play you and I beat you in anything, I'm going to rub it in. Okay? You ever played Uno? Yes. Okay. You ever played Uno in Puerto Rico? No. In Puerto Rico, when we play Uno cards, right? Mm -hmm. If you lost, you were going to hear about it. <laughs> you were going to hear about it. It, might, it didn't even have to be from the winner. You were going to hear from... Whoever was know, watching? Because the part of winning is talking trash. That's what makes winning so much fun. I get that, winning and talking trash. But if you lost, right. you can't talk trash to the winner. But why not? You have not? nothing to stand on to talk trash. Hold on. That's all you got to do. If you don't win, how can you not talk? That's all you got. You got to defend yourself. You got to go down swinging. You but I mean, like, all the winner has to do is, hey, you got to try a little better because you lost. So you know what we did in Puerto Rico? What? We go, ah, you know what? Te dejé ganar. I let you win. I'd be like, yeah, you let me win. Let's play again then. No, 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 no. That's enough. You know, there's, a, there's only so much help I can give you. You know, te cansado, te cansado. So one loss is enough for you in a day, huh? Yeah, te cansado. Okay. Know? I'll beat you again tomorrow. All right. It's all psychological, bro. Even when you lose, you got to make it sound like you, you, let won. The, you let the other person win. <laughs> so you didn't lose. That's right. You let him win. Baba, I learned that from my cousin in Puerto Rico. Okay. My cousin Victor never lost at anything because if I ever beat him, he let me win. You understand? You could ask him, for example, you know, uh, if t Team A and Team B was playing, you'd be like, yo, ¿quién tú crees que va a ganar? Like, who's going to win, A or B? You know what he'd always say? What? He goes, I'm rooting for A, but I know B's going to win. Wow. He'd never lose. Right. And then B would win, right? And he'd be like, I told you. I told you B was going to win. Uh, But you were rooting for A. Claro, but I always told you that B was going to win. And you're like, what? I like it. So, so under that terminology, then Lissette, the last time we went bowling, I let you win. Wait a minute. Your wife beat you at bowling? Yeah, we don't Yeah, we don't have to say that out loud Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> How many games did you play? One game. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me backtrack. Emily and I went bowling. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how competitive she was until we started playing. Right. And she was consistently knocking down eight or nine pins. Right. Nice. And I'm like, hold on. This is supposed to be fun. This is no longer fun. I'm a little stressed out. So she beat me that first game, like by a few pins. I was so upset. I demanded a second game. Ooh. You have to. You can't just walk out. Okay. That's not fun. That's not a, that's not a date night. Okay. That's torturous. So the second game, I beat her. Then I go, <laughs> you know, we can't just leave. She was ready to go. She was like, oh, that's so much fun. I won one and you won one. Yay. I went, no, no, we got to play a third game. We got to play a deciding rubber match. Okay. We have to. We cannot leave here. So we played a third one. Guess what happened? What happened? I get to the last frame and all I need to do is knock three pins down to win. Like there's 10 up and you only need to knock three down. Yeah. Okay. I get the ball ready. Mm -hmm. I stand in the center of the lane. This is it. Aim it out. I'm feeling good, right? I've got her where I want her. I extend the ball back, and she yells from the back, Ah, oh, you're not even going to let me win? 
And I threw it down the gutter on purpose. Wow. Yeah. And she was celebrating, bro. Nice. She didn't care that I let her win. That's what confused me. Do you understand? Because it's just a win. But I thought she'd be humble about it. Like, oh, thanks, babe, for letting me win. No, she celebrated like if I had really thrown it down the gutter. Wow. So it went from like doing something, you know, selflessly to feeling like an idiot for having done that. Like I got mad at myself. Like I wanted to run after the ball and get it and like push it in the middle. Because she reacted like if she had like, like you know. Like she won. You like choked. She legitimately won and I choked. And I was like, oh, my God. Right. You know what? So I was about to ask her for another game. She was like, oh, babe, my wrist is just my feet. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, OK, you know what? Let's leave and never come back again. See, the same thing similar happened with Lissette in my game because I had that shoulder injury. So I had to bowl left-handed the whole time. I've never bowled left-handed. Oh, there it is. But, there it is. But she did beat me fair and square. It's just she beat my left hand. She's never beaten my right hand. I love how you give her credit and then you take it away. She beat me. You know, she. I give her all the credit. I mean, she beat me. I mean, I was playing left-handed. I'm right-handed. I don't know if you know that. So she beat me playing left-handed. So what I'm trying to tell you is embrace the fact that at your core, you are a sore loser. Just accept it. Like, embrace it. Say, look, I don't like to lose. I'm a very sore loser. I don't like to lose. That's it. How about this? Give yourself an inspirational message, okay, so that you can accept the sore loser within you. Let me hear that. Here we go. Ready? And now, an inspirational message from Jose A. Rodriguez to Jose A. Rodriguez. If you're ever down and you're losing, it's okay. Just get back up. Use your right hand. Oh, come on. Embrace the sore loser. Let him come out. Let him run around and play. Tell him it's okay. Here we go. All right. And now, an inspirational message to all you sore losers out there from Jose A. Rodriguez. So you lost? That's fine. It's their fault. Tell them about it. You know what? Tell them you let them win. Because that's what really happened. Till next time. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Tito Nieves. And I want to take this opportunity to invite each and every one of you to the Eddie Castro one-man show. Made in Puerto Rico. It's a show done for the whole family to enjoy. We're at the Puerto Rican Traveling Theater. And I know that theater very well. This coming March, you'll be there. And I hope you'll be there too, because I'm going to be there. Now, check it out, check it out, ready? Para realizar mis sueños que haré. Bro, what are you doing, man? No, no, wait, I'm feeling it. Por donde empezar, como realizaré. Oye, que bueno suena eso. Yeah? Well, leave this thing to me, man. Anyway, buy your tickets now, because they're going fast. Mira aquí. Karen Elizabeth says, Hola, it's your fan from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Keep making us laugh and keeping it real. It's my therapy. I love that you don't curse during your shows, and yet we laugh throughout your performance. I went to see Kevin James from The King of Queens, and he didn't curse at all during his performance. Hope to see you and La Doctora Novia again. Thank you so much, Karen. I appreciate you. And I and I know you, you always make the trip from Pennsylvania to go see my shows, and uh, I appreciate that. And no, I don't curse. Uh, on my shows, I don't curse on the podcast because um, it, it's just what we do. I always like to act like my parents are in the audience all the time. My grandmother's in the audience. And with them, I, yo no hablo malo. And I think eso hace falta, right? Hace falta 
clean comedy. You know, para mí, lo mejor es cuando yo veo en la audiencia, you know, familias, right? For me, the best part of performing is, is looking out into the audience and seeing families laughing together because then they go home and they continue to laugh together. They continue to talk about lo que yo hice, right? And, and, and abuelita will tell something to el hijo. El hijo will tell something to el hijo de él. And, and I love that camaraderie that families share in my shows. And by keeping it clean, I keep them all involved. Y para mí, that's, that's the biggest reward there is. Wepa! So recently, my ex-wife and I, my son's mother, took my son and his friends to an escape room outing. Do you know what an escape room is? Uh, it's a room that you got to escape from. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Dios mío. So did you look up what the uh, description of an escape room is? Yes. Go ahead, Let me read get it. that for you. An escape room, also known as an escape game, is a physical adventure game in which players solve a series of puzzles and riddles using clues, hints, and strategy to complete the objectives at hand. Players are given a set time limit to unveil the secret plot, which is hidden within the rooms. Okay. So basically, it's an awful experience. Okay. <laughs> I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It required way too much thinking. I didn't get the fun of it at all. I think it's, I think it's just riddles per se. Like uh, certain things just, they're my weakness. I just don't feel like I'm capable of solving riddles. Like I'm really bad at them. And the escape room really is about riddles, right? And clues right. and stuff. And puzzles. I can't do puzzles like that, man. I can't. I get dumb. Like, I need to escape so that I can get my intelligence back. This was extremely complicated. They put you in a room and they lock it, right? I'm claustrophobic, so I was already freaking out, right? And then the guy goes, technically, the door is not really locked. You can get out. As soon as he said that, I just tuned out. I'm like, then why am I paying attention? Why am I paying you to get out then? Right. Why, why do I have to figure anything out? The door está abierta. That's like if you're in class, right? And the t teacher's going over something really, uh, you know, difficult. Right. And then, and then she goes, don't worry. This is not going to be on the exam. So I'm like, why am I even paying attention? Why am I taking notes? Right. So that's when you close a notebook and you go, okay, uh, when's lunch? Right. So this thing is really hard. And it's it was supposed to be like for kids. Okay. I mean, we were just there to chaperone, but I wasn't there to pay attention. And this thing was complicated. They would give you like clues that would like make no sense. Okay. So for example, they'd be like, um, there'll be a note like behind a painting on a wall with three words. It'll say the eagle's nest. And from the size of the letters, right? And the positioning on the wall, you're supposed to know that there's a key hidden above the fireplace that opens a secret compartment somewhere in the room. Say what? Yeah. Oh, so, so the guy will walk you through it and will show you that. And you're like, hold on, how was I supposed to know from the eagle's nest that there was a key that opens a little box under the under the floor? You Where's know what I mean? the rationality there? Like what? Nothing makes sense there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If this was a true escape room, I would have died. Okay, <laughs> I would have died. So that's when I'm like, okay, you know what? The door really is open. So I actually went over to the door. And was like, okay, it really is open. Okay. That's all I cared about. Because they have a clock, right? You have like X amount of time to solve everything to get out of the room. Gotcha. But the whole time I'm, I'm looking at the clock, I'm thinking the door is already open. Why don't we just leave? <laughs> ¿Tú me entiendes? But here's the thing. They'll give you clues, right? They'll assist you. Like if you press a button, there'll be a clue on the screen. But the clue is also pointless. When you get clues, they're just riddles. It'll be like, what walks like a duck and barks like a dog? 
and you'll be like, um, I need a clue for this clue. And then they'll tell you, well, it's orange, but it's not a fruit. And you're like, I, I don't understand that. Don't give me a riddle to help me with the riddle. Just tell me where the next clue is. And they won't tell you. They'll just kind of hint at it. Right. But I'm like, I'm wasting time. Just tell me where we got to go. This stuff was like MIT kind of intelligence level. Okay. So I don't appreciate looking dumb in front of my son. Okay. Ah. I don't mind looking dumb in front of my ex-wife. Ella ya sabe. But in front of my son, I want to feel like I'm helping out. And I was just in the way. He was like, dad, dad, what do you think? And I'm like, uh, I'm just letting you know the door's open. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm contributing. The door is actually not locked, guys. So that's my contribution. If we want to get out, all we got to do is walk to the door. Look at me. I'm holding it open. Right. Guys, <laughs> that's guys, all we got to do. Guys, I'm holding it open. Listen, after all of that, we only did like 50% of all the tasks in the room. So you didn't get out of the room per se. Oh, I got out of the room. I just opened the door and left. <laughs> I got out. I'm like, I'm out. Uh, so I win. But you didn't succeed. Sure I did. I got I got out of the room. Oh. I, I feel like it's an escape room, right? Well, I escaped, Sally. So you didn't lose. You let them win. Bitte. Ah, I got you. And Leslie wants to know, Ellie, what is the most adventurous thing you've ever done that wasn't someone else's idea to do? <laughs> I love the, the condition at the end. What? That what? That wasn't somebody else's idea to do. So okay. in other words, it was your idea to do it. I love that. I love that. So what's the craziest thing you've done that you have yourself to blame? Right. Um, I'll tell you right now. When uh, we went swimming with great white sharks. Mm-hmm. And they put us in a little raggedy cage off the side of a raggedy boat. So that's an escape room, too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except they tell you that the door is open, yeah. but you can't lift it. Right. Because it's like it's heavy old iron. Right. So you can't you're basically stuck. So you knew it was a mistake when you can hear the rust in the cage. You knew you were in trouble. And the boat is constantly moving, which is something that I didn't calculate when I thought of the idea. I didn't think of constant motion and what that would do to the contents inside my stomach. Okay. Because at that point, my stomach was like, um, si no te quedas quieto, then we're going to send this food up. And the food came up. So now you're throwing up. Now you're nauseous. Now you're dizzy. And the sharks are waiting for you to go in the cage. Like, vente, baja, baja. So that was definitely one that I looked over at Emily while we were in the cage and there were great whites uh, circling where I was like, uh, mala mia. You know what I mean? Uh, next time you pick. And you have a great picture where the, the I call them jaws, where he has his mouth open and it looks like he's about, I even thought it was fake when you showed it to me. Everybody thought it was fake. Listen, yeah. my own mind thought it was fake. Okay. That's how scared I was. Where I saw that and I was like, ah, that's awesome. So who's controlling it? Where's the remote? Where's the remote? <laughs> <laughs> that was it podcast the ellie castro show i am ellie castro and i'm jose rodriguez Miente, for more information on my shows you can go to elliecastro.com there you'll see all my shows that are coming up including my show off broadway march of 2019 elliecastro.com tickets are already on sale and you can find me on social media under ellie castro comedy and you can find me in social media under at jose arod and performing at SAC Comedy Lab at 29 South Orange Avenue, downtown Orlando. Remember, mi gente, life is so much better when you're laughing. Hasta la próxima. If you beat me, you beat me fair and square. Till next time.